I'm here with Elena Jokum of Equality Ohio. Uh, she is the new executive director of Equality Ohio and has been so excited to meet her. And I'm, I've met her uh, for many years. She actually has some connection with Baldwin Wells University where I'm at. And, but now she's executive director of Equality Ohio. Can you talk a bit more about how that came about? Sure. Thank you, Dr. Lombardi, for having me here today. This is this is great to speak with you and always good to see you again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be, uh, uh, have been with Equality Ohio for more than two years already. I mm-hmm. came in in 2014 as the Northeast Ohio coordinator and then director, um, helping to establish our work uh, here in Northeast Ohio around the time of the gay games, really um, support the infrastructure of LGBT organizations up here uh, and help increase the policy opportunities to to draft better policy up here in Northeast Ohio. And so I've been serving as the managing director for the past year, and it's great to say that business continues as usual uh, and that we are forging ahead at changing policies at the municipal level and at the state level all across Ohio. Fantastic. And we recently got some really good news from the Lakewood. Um, they recently passed their non-discrimination uh, policy. And what's really exciting about that, it, it covers sexual orientation and gender identity expression. And in regards to public accommodation. Yes, it does. Uh, that's been, I mean, that's been still such a big, big issue. Uh, can, you, can you talk about how uh, that came about? How did, uh, who initiated that? that process in Lakewood. Yeah, absolutely. So Ohio is one of, uh, I'll just take a step back and give you sort of the lay of the land. Ohio is one of 28 states that lacks a statewide non-discrimination law. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is protections uh, so that a person can't be fired for who they are or whom they love or um, denied housing or, as you said, public accommodations. The service industry, um, LGBTQ people right now don't have protections uh, and could face discrimination in service at restaurants or hotels or from vendors for their weddings. Um, Those are the three main areas that we want to increase protections. Excuse me. <clears throat> of course, we want to increase them at the statewide level, um, but we also support cities in passing these protections locally as we work towards statewide equality. Mm-hmm. So Lakewood becomes the 15th city to add these fully inclusive non-discrimination protections. And it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, Lakewood is colloquially known as a very progressive, welcoming city uh, to the LGBT community. There's this this myth, actually, that goes back apparently to the 80s in a trivial pursuit. They said, what is the most LGBT-friendly city between Chicago and New York? And the answer was Lakewood. And Lakewood uh-huh. really has embraced that. <laughs> so it was surprising, I think, to everybody when uh, we realized that Lakewood did not have actual mm. legal protections. They had a very strong lived equality um, uh, culture, but not the legal equality. Right. And so council members, uh, Sam O'Leary, who's now council president, and Cindy Marks really sought to change that. Mm-hmm. And so more than a year ago, they introduced a fully inclusive non-discrimination ordinance. And then since that time, uh, Councilman Dan O'Malley has joined the council, and the three of them really led the charge to make sure that this passed in Lakewood. Mm-hmm. And we are so proud to celebrate that on June 20th, it did pass unanimously and with the full support of the mayor. Wow. I mean, that, I mean, that is just so incredible. And, you know, comparatively, I mean, with what's happening with Cleveland yeah. and their reluctance to, to add public accommodations. 
Yeah, so Cleveland um, actually added protections throughout their code for gender identity or expression. They already had it for sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. They added it in 2009, but um, then they, uh, at the same time, added this exception. They actually sort of codified discrimination in their non-discrimination code Uh by saying employers could tell transgender patrons and employees what restroom they could or could not use. Mm -hmm. So we've been working, and and in your support as well, to try to remove that discriminatory language Um, from the code. And uh, actually, exciting news that Chicago had a similar exemption that they just removed uh, this week as well. Mm -hmm. So if Chicago can do it, I know Cleveland can do it too. Right, right. Uh, So what's the staff now, do you think, in regards to Cleveland? We have been working very closely with their council members, and I know that on uh, BuzzFeed actually published an article recently with quotes from Council President Kevin Kelly, who has been a, a strong champion for this, mm-hmm. um, saying that they would get that done this summer. And we are on par to remove that language July 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hoping to have that council meeting devoted to this issue, among their other business, and actually pass Ordinance 1446, which would remove that discriminatory language. Okay. So it's looking good for this summer. It is looking good for this summer, yes. And that's after really years of education, lots of Mm on-the-ground one-on-one conversations, Mm -hmm. working closely with our council members. Um, Equality Ohio is part of a larger coalition called Cleveland is Ready. Essentially, Cleveland is ready to make this change. And that includes organizations like the LGBT Center of Greater Cleveland, Mm -hmm. um, the uh, PFLAG organizations, um, the centers at Case and Mm -hmm. Uh, Baldwin-Wallace. It's been a very strong coalition of support. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, another change that happened at uh, City Council, Joe Superman, a strong LGBT ally, you know, stepped down, but he was replaced with someone who's equally uh, supportive. I can't remember his name. Uh, Councilman Kerry McCormick. Kerry McCormick. Uh, how do you think that's going to change, um, maybe not necessarily the this specific legislation, but perhaps uh, LGBT advocacy in, in the Cleveland area? That's a great question. I think uh, the exciting thing is we have been working with the council holistically all mm-hmm. of this time. And so Joe uh, carried the banner for LGBT equality and issues for a long time. But what's exciting is that it has moved far beyond him. We have so many champions in Councilwoman Phyllis Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, Councilman Jeff Johnson, um, and now Carrie McCormick, who also is a champion. And uh, the first openly gay elected council member, Mm -hmm. uh, of which we are aware. I think he will continue that banner, but what's exciting is it's not its not tied to one council member. It uh-huh. really has been a culture shift to all of council realizing how important protections are for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything happening, again, keeping things local for right now, other than this public accommodation that uh, Equality Ohio is keeping their eye on? Yeah, we are working to make these improvements at the local level all across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, Lakewood was our focus for a long time and thrilled to, to really, you know, check that one off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have conversations happening all over Ohio. Mm-hmm. Sandusky, um, a wonderful tourist town, uh, looking to see if they can add non-discrimination protections. Also the hometown of Jim Obergefell. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they have been really motivated to see what they can do at the local level. Mm-hmm. City of Akron, I think, will be the next city to add non-discrimination protections. Sort of like Lakewood has a culture of inclusivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were one of the hosts of the gay games. But when you actually look at their laws, they really only include protections in housing. Um, had a wonderful conversation with Mayor Dan 
in Oregon who was mm-hmm. fully on board and announced publicly their commitment to adding non-discrimination protections just a couple weeks ago. So we have a meeting coming up in a few weeks um, to help them do that. What Equality Ohio tries to do is provide the legal and policy support mm-hmm. for each city to make their own laws reflective of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. It's not a cut and paste job. It actually takes a lot of work to work with each individual city to find um, a code that is inclusive and fits their own structure. Right. Fantastic. And going to the state, there are two state, I think, two state bills, one a good one and one Oh, that's right. Absolutely. Good one and one that falls woefully short. Yes. So uh, the good one, let's start with the good one, because this is actually uh, really, it's really easy to Mm -hmm. make Ohio's law fully inclusive of of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is add sexual orientation and gender identity to our existing non-discrimination code. Mm -hmm. That's uh, at ORC 4112. That's the section. All we got to do is add those two protected groups everywhere that other groups are protected. Mm -hmm. That's what Nikki Antonio and Denise Driehaus's bill seeks to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been, uh, it was introduced this time last year. And in fact, uh, I know that Nikki and Denise are having a press conference today to renew support for that bill Mm -hmm. um, in in light of our one-year anniversary of the Obergefell decision. But then we've also seen another bill emerge, and that is by um, uh, Representative Hayes. This bill tries to essentially create a whole new code. I like mm-hmm. to describe it as uh, how thou shall deal with gay people. It's it's this uh-huh. very uh-huh. othering section of Ohio law. First and foremost, what makes it a non-starter is it does not include uh, protections for gender identity or expression. Mm-hmm. Equality Ohio will never support a bill that is not fully inclusive mm-hmm. of the transgender community, mm-hmm. period. So that makes it a non-starter. But there's about a dozen other things wrong with it, too. So even if, if uh, Representative Hayes were to add gender identity or expression, it's not going to change the fact that it creates this othering code, mm-hmm. a whole separate section for dealing with the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. It does not provide uh, an avenue for the Ohio Civil Rights Commission to process complaints. Mm-hmm. That's fundamentally important. The OCRC wants to hear claims based on discrimination for sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. They don't want people to be stuck with the courts as their only avenue for redress. Mm -hmm. Um, It also creates new religious exemptions um, that don't apply to other groups throughout the code. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. Um, It also does not include public accommodations protections. Those are really important. Um, So so the the Hayes bill is pretty much a non-starter. I understand and appreciate that the conversation has involved with some of our more conservative legislators about inclusive non-discrimination protections, but we really don't want to create exemptions that other groups simply do not have to deal with. Right. And that's something that's been, uh, that a lot of people from across the country are dealing with, is this whole issue with, uh, uh, what, was the, what is that legal phrase I'm trying to think? Um, anyway, it's, it's around religious protections. Yeah. And trying, how does that fit, um, how that how LGBT non-discrimination, how that fits within this idea of religious protection? It's a really good question. So Religious Freedom Restoration Acts, RIFRAs, um, those actually, their history is they were used and put in place to protect religious minorities. as a shield. Think of it as a shield protecting religious groups Mm -hmm. that otherwise might not enjoy protections. But now they're being 
changed to be used as a sword against the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have been uh, used to try to say that a person's religious beliefs would allow them to actively discriminate mm-hmm. against the LGBTQ community. That's just not how they were supposed to be right. uh, enacted or utilized. So we are very cautious now in any non-discrimination protections. We want to ensure that they don't create additional ways for people to discriminate against the LGBTQ community. Um, Sometimes we see in bills restatements of protections that exist already. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, a restatement of um, protections that, you know, religious leaders don't have to marry anybody that they don't want to marry. Mm -hmm. I'm less concerned about those as some of the the more overt uh, Mm -hmm. uh, statements of saying that you could actively use your, in in the name of your religion, you could deny services to LGBT couples, Mm -hmm. or you could deny hiring an LGBTQ person. Um, that's just absolutely not okay. Right. Are these laws being used against other minorities? They can be. Some of them are drafted so broadly that they could essentially justify discrimination against any um, protected class, mm-hmm. uh, including race or military status or family status. Um, yes, we are seeing that happen across the country based on how they're drafted. Mm-hmm. But just but specifically, no one has tried to apply them to really anyone other than LGBT populations? We, I can't say they've never tried to apply them elsewhere, but we've seen the resurgence of them since marriage equality mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. um, which shows it's really a thinly veiled attempt to uh, uh, prejudice the LGBT community. Right, right. Okay, so being a very optimistic, uh, Cleveland passes public accommodations, the people's concern about you know trans people in restrooms that disappears, you know, being optimistic. What do you think is going to be uh, the next issue or what will be the uh, the next thing that Equality Isles is going to be focused on? Well, we are fully focused on uh, establishing non-discrimination protections now, and and I, I hope um, that soon those will be in place. I think it's a long road ahead uh, still for that. Um, but we also have so many other disparities facing mm-hmm. um, the LGBT community. For example, Ohio is one of three states where a trans person cannot change their birth certificate to reflect their true gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, Idaho and Tennessee also have some just um, old case law on the books prohibiting this. We are working with the Ohio Department of Health and working with our um, other agency partners to see, can't we just, uh, uh, can't we change that as a policy Mm -hmm. so that trans people will be able to not only change their driver's license and their social security card and their passport, all of which can happen in Ohio now, Mm -hmm. but also their birth certificate. to to truly reflect who they are. Um, We also have significant disparities in Ohio. We know that the homelessness rate affects LGBTQ youth significantly more than it does um, non-LGBTQ youth. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that just from a lived equality standpoint, changing the law is one step, but not the only step. We then need to actually help usher in implementation of Mm non-discrimination protections um, so that Trans folks, for example, are not disproportionately affected by unemployment or by housing. Um, the, the access to housing and jobs is still uh, disproportionately disparate against uh, trans folks. Mm-hmm. So there's a lived equality to everything we're working on as well as a, live, uh, a legal equality. The two are hand in hand. Right, right. Um, just this is probably more bringing to your attention. My own experience have been working with... Um, 
a number of federal agencies in regards to adding measures to identify uh, LGBT, LGBT populations, either um, um, uh, with measures that allows people to identify their sexual orientation. And now we're also trying to establish uh, uh, measures to help people identify gender identity and expression on, on federal surveys and, and federal uh, data collection. They've been doing this with um, at the CDC and with others in regards to HIV mm -hmm. um, issues for, for a while. Um, do you see that perhaps being an issue of, of perhaps bring, trying to bring things to the state level in regards to trying to advocate uh, local uh, data collection activity, whether through the local departments of health and or the state departments of health, of, of adding those kind of measures? So you mentioned a lot of these, a lot of these disparities. Um, you may know, know certain levels at the uh, at the country level mm -hmm. through the uh, through the actions of the National Institutes of Health and, sure. and others, but we need things perhaps more at the local level. That might be something to perhaps look toward advocating as well as to make sure that um, these measures are being used um, within cities and within states so that we can have a better idea about uh, these issues. Uh, in our backyard. Absolutely agree. I think that data collection, I know, has been uh, difficult at the national level, but at least um, wonderful people like you have been advocating for the collection mm -hmm. of data so that we can have a better sense of the picture you know, nationwide. Um, at the state and local level, as long as it's voluntary, as long as a person isn't forced to out themselves, mm -hmm. I think that's very important because that can help support the statistics that we know from a national right. level and actually show the disparate impact happening uh, at local and state levels, mm -hmm. yes. Fantastic. Um, can you talk about can you talk about some of the activities that um, that equality that equality Wow is being is is working on right now that perhaps if someone wants to get more involved with uh, with this issue or with Equality Ohio. Okay, what can, what can they do? Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking that. Um, first, I would encourage anybody uh, to get involved. Join our email list. I promise. I don't email you often, and when I email you, it's it's really rich stuff. I'm, I'm educating about what's going on mm -hmm. uh, locally at the state level and nationally. There's action items in every email that I give. Mm -hmm. um, so please go to equalityohio.org and just click to sign up to our e email distribution list. Mm -hmm. um, but it is. Summer is here. We're in the week of the summer solstice. And our summer of action has kicked off here in Cuyahoga County. Um, it's a really exciting program that we're doing this summer in partnership with some national organizations like the Equality Federation and Freedom for All Americans. Mm -hmm. And it literally is having conversations door to door to change hearts and minds around transgender people and inclusion of, um, of them in our laws, specifically trying to debunk this terrible predatory myth around restroom use. Mm -hmm. The myth is that uh, we hear in our opposition when we're trying to change laws that somehow a simple, inclusive, non-discrimination ordinance is going to result in increased predators in our restroom spaces. We know that that is not true. And so these conversations, a thousand of them we're trying to have across the, the uh, greater region, um, actually have people see the opposition messaging that we saw in Houston, that mm -hmm. sort of predatory children will be somehow put at risk by these non-discrimination um, statutes. Mm -hmm. Have people see that, sit with the fear, and then work to talk through um, what trans people actually experience, the discrimination they 
face, the mm-hmm. disproportionate likelihood that they would experience attack in a restroom setting, and to debunk the myth that any transgender people, that transgender people are predators, that in fact, it is it is not uh, opening the doors to increased risk in these restroom settings. It's only going to protect individuals mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're having conversations like this across the region for the next several weeks, and we'd love for you to be involved in doing that. Okay, fantastic. Um, I have one last question for you, and this is taking things out uh, more more generally, and just thinking about the person who uh, wants to do something, wants to get involved uh, in something, uh, wants to be become more of an advocate. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give that person? Oh, jump in. Uh, sign up for our email list. We have lobbying opportunities. We want you to uh, be able to share your story with your legislator. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that can affect change more than the power of your individual story, mm-hmm. whether that's a story of you coming out, whether that's a story of discrimination you experienced and how that made you feel, mm-hmm. whether it's a story of you as an ally and why you are an ally to mm-hmm. the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. Um, across the country, the situations where we have seen bills die or been vetoed is when our legislators have actually been able to meet with the constituents in the LGBT community who are directly affected Mm -hmm. by a law. We know that in Georgia and in South Dakota, those governors vetoed terrible legislation once they met with transgender constituents, once Uh they met with ally parents and siblings. That power of your story, we can help connect you to your legislators so you can share it, whether it's at the local level like Lakewood or mm-hmm. at the state level or even at the national level. We can help connect you to be an advocate in that way. Fantastic. And talking about this, I just remembered um, about the, the uh, state assembly per, uh, person in yeah. Cincinnati yes. who's trying to put forward their own bathroom. Bill. That's right. Oh, What's happening with that? Oh, it's a great question. So um, Representative Becker, uh, after Target announced its policy that it's had for years, mind mm-hmm. you, but said uh, publicly that, of course, it would allow people to use the restroom matching their gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought we needed a bathroom bill here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we have worked with him now for more than four and a half hours, sharing with him the stories of his transgender constituents, mm-hmm. um, having him meet people who would be directly impacted by such a law. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say it has been really amazing to watch his individual progress with that. Um, he had no idea the disparities facing the trans community. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that he had ever knew that he had met a transgender person before some of these meetings that we have been mm-hmm. working with him on. Um, we still fundamentally disagree that legislation is necessary. We know that restroom policing is not necessary in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still seems to think that a, a law may be necessary, so we might see him introduce a law. But I will tell you, his personal journey has been transformative to witness. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that he has a much better understanding of the disparities facing the LGBT community and in some ways might even find himself as an ally to the community. Fantastic. That's yeah. fantastic to hear. It is. Okay. That's the power of change. Yes. When you can share your individual stories and, and literally watch someone realize uh, they didn't know that their actions were harming a community. Fantastic. And I think that's a, a good point to, to end on. Is there any last things you might want to say or, or want to add? Just thank you so much for your support personally and professionally. Um, This is a holistic change we're trying to work within our society Uh and every single uh, step that we can do uh, uh, helps towards creating a culture of legal and lived equality. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and I will probably I will post a lot of these links that were mentioned on on the website so people can easily access them and I personally am interested in 
um, the day of uh, the summer of action. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely have to talk more about that. Thank you so much. Thank you.